Hey, it's good to be back with you. Uh, thanks for being with us, and we pray always that we're a blessing uh, to you all. Uh, I want to tell you uh, about a book that we're reading. It's called The Apostles' Code, and hopefully you can maybe order that. It's by O.S. Hawkins, and you can get a hold of that. It's great reading, and he's got several books like The Joshua Code, The Nehemiah Code, The Jesus Code, and uh, they all support Mission Dignity. Mission Dignity is a ministry to uh, pastors' wives uh, who are widowed and also to uh, people in ministry that have retired and are in need of some extra supplement income. I know that uh, Carrie and I, our mother, uh, was supported by a businessman in Tennessee, I think to the point of about $150 a month, and it went straight to the nursing home. Uh, to help her out and to bless her, but nonetheless, uh, it, it is uh, it, mission dignity is the explanation I just gave you about our mom, and uh, so I just want you to know about that. Let's look it up. O.S. Hawkins, uh, the Apostles' Code, and it's really called the Code series, and maybe you can order some of those. Our church is reading through this. Is the reason I'm telling you about it. Um, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. A lot of the sermons between now and June are going to be about the Holy Spirit, but it's really about creating a good spiritual rhythm, uh, even within your own life. Seasons change. Uh, three minutes, 30 seconds can change our lives forever. Uh, but it's about keeping that spiritual rhythm to take us through all those seasons of our life. And I want to read this verse to you. It says, when you... When you heard the message of truth, this is Paul writing, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed in him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is uh, he's the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of, uh, of the possession to, to the praise of his glory, a down payment of what is to come. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today so plain a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit and your word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. If you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, you see all of us, people who are watching, listening, or both, you see us, and you know our presence, but you see them differently. You see me with a greater and a more strict judgment. I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. <clears throat> Amen. The resurrection <clears throat> has happened. We had that with Easter. The Lord lived for 40 days on the earth uh, physically. And then uh, there came the day of ascension after 40 days. Then the people were together in prayer for 10 days, small group of believers. Pentecost came 10 days after that, which is the 50th day uh, the Holy Spirit was given to the church. <clears throat> so, um, with Easter happening when it did this year, uh, we are celebrating Ascension Day on Thursday, May the 26th. And then Pentecost will be Sunday, June the 5th. And between those days, I'm just having days of prayer for the Holy Spirit to move in us and around us and in our world, obviously our nation, our state and locally, just praying for a movement of the Holy Spirit. And you'll be hearing more and more about that. As a pastor, there are two things that a lot of people said they never learned in their Christian life. One of them is spiritual warfare, which I do try to teach that. And uh, then uh, the personal work of the Holy Spirit. They never hear much about the Holy Spirit. 
Robert Coleman is a man that I often reference. Uh, number one, I believe in his scholarship and even the simplicity of that. He refers to the teaching of the Holy Spirit as a neglected teaching. It's just not there much. Francis Chan has a book out, and he refers to this neglected teaching uh, with the title of his book called Forgotten God. It's called Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. Um, Jack Deere, uh, whom I got to know, was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary and wrote a book that was life-changing for me uh, called Surprised by the Power of the Spirit. Phenomenal book. And then he followed that up with a volume two of why I'm still surprised by the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, really, uh, an emphasis is there's just so much we just neglect or we don't go there in the teaching of the Holy Spirit. You know, and I want to be able to go there and even in simplicity. I want to begin today by challenging you that the Holy Spirit is a person. And you need to see him as the third person of the Trinity. Uh, God reveals himself to us as the Father. He reveals to us uh, himself, uh, himself to us as Son through Jesus. And then he reveals himself to us through the Holy Spirit. And we sometimes see the Father and Son, and, and, and we don't really see the Holy Spirit in this group, uh, in uh, that the Holy Spirit is lesser than. You just need to know that he is equal in this. It's God in three persons revealed to us. Um, R.C. Sproul acknowledges in his book, The Mystery of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a personal presence within us. Um, and uh, he does a scholarly thing that I wanna share with you today about how he is a person and how even scripture recognizes him as a person. <clears throat> he said, uh, when we speak of others, we use personal pronouns. And uh, we can speak of ourselves by saying I, or I can use the personal pronoun of speaking of you, or even he and she, uh, when we're speaking about others. But I wanna, I wanna use Acts 13, two for a moment and show you even about how the Holy Spirit speaks about himself, even though I use that pronoun, uh, speaks about himself uh, in, in the sense that he is a person. Acts 13, two, as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, Luke wrote, the Holy Spirit said, this is the Holy Spirit talking now, set apart for me, there's the, he's talking about himself, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I have called them to do. When the Holy Spirit is speaking about himself there, he uses the word me and I, uh, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to do, referring to himself as a person. John 15, 26, this is the teaching of Jesus, and these are his works. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Uh, he, 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 he uses the pronoun of, in, in the reference of whom, meaning I'm sending you a person. He also uses the personal pronoun he when he says he will testify about me. Uh, John 16, 13, same gospel. Uh, we've got a lot of it in here where Jesus uses personal pronoun to explain the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of truth comes, He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own, but He will speak whatever He hears, 
He also will declare to you what is to come. And if I count in here, I'm going to count one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six times. He is referring to the Holy Spirit using a personal pronoun, he, meaning he is a person. Um, I'm going to refer to a really great theologian here. Her name is Miss Eula Annell. And Miss Eula is in glory now. I've said this to our church before when I was pastoring in First Baptist Russell Springs. And uh, I was preaching. I was a young preacher. I went there when I was about 26 years old to be their lead pastor. <clears throat> and uh, I was preaching on the Holy Spirit one day and mentioning him. And I referred to the Holy Spirit as an it. And uh, uh, so after, after the sermon, Miss Eula, uh, she would have to fix her hearing aids during the service, and sometimes they'd ring where we could all hear them. A faithful, faithful, godly lady. She came up to me and she said, I want to correct something to you about your sermon today. And I said, okay. And she said, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not an it. Um, I'll never forget that as long as I live. And I really didn't mean it in that context. It was just youth and immaturity and me trying to rush through a sermon. Um, and it is the picture that he is a person and the acknowledgement of that. Second thing I want to give you today is the Holy Spirit is a part of the divine. He is the third person of the Trinity. And not only is he third person of the Trinity, but the scriptures refer to him as either wind or breath or life. And they give references there to him. And I, uh, I want to show you in Genesis 1-2 to just show you that he's in the Old Testament. I want you to see this. I want you to know that he's always been there. Uh, Genesis 1-2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Uh, and uh, darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was hovering, brooding over the surface of the waters. He's there. Uh, we, t we, talk about, we talk about wind and life and creativity is there. Genesis 2, 7, we're gonna talk about breath and life here. It says, then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and, the, and he, he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and he became, a, he became a living being. I just want you to see that as we handle the Holy Spirit, we'll be, even in John 3, Jesus refers to him as wind. He's like the wind, the Holy Spirit is. Uh, so I want you to see that, that he's a part of the divine. He's, he's been there. Don't just have him showing up in, in Acts at the, when the church began. Uh, he's been there. He's always been there. He's part of the Trinity. I want to give you names that are attributed to the Holy Spirit as a person. I'm going to have to read these. These are several. It's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, uh, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Promise, the Spirit of Glory. He's Counselor, Helper, Advocate. He is Comforter, and it goes on. I'm not hitting all of them, but I'm hitting most. Uh, the names that are attributed to him as a personal pref, uh, presence with us. And then I also want to give you the, the picture here about how the Holy Spirit works together with the Trinity. 
the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit work together because this is very important. I think it's hugely important that to the best of our ability, we begin to understand this beautiful mystery here as best as we can comprehend this. In this book, The Apostles' Code, that I've told you about, one of the daily devotions was uh, particularly about how they do work together. And uh, O.S. Hawkins wrote in The Apostles' Code that the Father is the source, the Son, Jesus, is the course, meaning the way, the way of salvation, and then the Holy Spirit is the force or the power behind it. So it's the source, the course, the force. The Father is the source, the Son is the course, and the Holy Spirit is the force. I actually like that one. I can remember that one. Uh, Robert Coleman gives us two examples uh, uh, about how they work together in the same, basically the same format. He said the Father designs, the Son manifests, and the Holy Spirit executes. And then in another example, he, he does the same thing. They both match, just different words here. Uh, Robert Coleman says, the Father does the planning, the Son does the revealing, and the Holy Spirit does the effecting. Um, and I don't mean just affecting here, even though he does both. It's the affecting uh, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I like the, the, the source, the course, the force, I think is the one I'm able to remember. The Holy Spirit is the driving force. He, is the, he, he, he does the executing, the foreseeing of it, put into play it, and he is the effective work of God himself and a beautiful work that he is. I want to I want to wrap this up today. It's as far as I need to go. There's a lot here, and it, it may seem a bit informative for you. You know, like I'm just giving you information, but I want to go beyond that. I want to go beyond that. That that there's there's a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit that I hope we can see, and we do neglect the teaching of it. Sometimes we do it because it, it's a, it can be a mysterious teaching of the Holy Spirit. And I want to try to wade through that. But to do that, I think I've got to do it slowly. I, I don't think I can give you an overwhelming bunch of information to begin with. I, I just wanted to give it to you now about how people see it as a neglected teaching. Francis Chan, I love the title of his book, He's a Forgotten God. Um, that he is a person. I wanted you to see that that he is a part of the divine. He's the third person of the Trinity. Even the names that are, at, that are attributed to him, I wanted you to see those. And how, how that the Holy Spirit works together in conjunction with the Trinity. So I wanna to try to wrap all that up in a beautiful picture if I can. Uh, when we baptize, we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we do that because it's ritual. We're just taught to do that. You know, a person is licensed to preach and minister, ordained to preach and minister by a church or a series of churches. Even a denomination can do that. And um, then we baptize people, and it's just part of what we say. You know, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you should say that. You should do that. We were commanded. We were commanded to do that. But I want to tell you why. There's two reasons I believe why we do that. Number one, at the baptism of Jesus, remember he didn't need salvation. He is salvation. He wasn't saved. He is salvation. But his ministry did not occur until after his baptism, which really becomes true of us. It's the next obedient step. Uh, some people call it the second obedience, you know, the first obedient step. I, 
I think the first obedient step is surrender to our Lord. And then the next step would be baptism. And I don't think it's to be overlooked. I think it's incredibly commanded of Christ for us to do, showing the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, the old you going away, the new you that's raised up in him. But uh, why do we do, and when, when I baptize somebody, this is what I say. I actually learned it from my father. Uh, and it's going in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ upon profession of faith. I baptize either my new sister or my new brother in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Why do I do that? Well, I was taught to do it. Two, we're commanded to do it. But at the baptism of Jesus, all three were present. The Son is there. He's being baptized. The Father announces, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The seal of approval that the father gives the son. And it said the Holy Spirit swept into him, swept there like the form of a bird or a dove. Just came in and flew into that situation. And uh, that's, we're commanded to baptize in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we do it because they're all three present, but I think this is another element. When you and I are baptized, it's, an, it, it's me and you saying our testimony without saying a word. It's not a verbal testimony, it's a visual. It's an object, it's symbolic of uh, what he has done. And one reason I believe, it's, it's a deeper reason that we do it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is because it took all three of them to get me to where I am that day. The day I was baptized, it, it, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were all working to get me to that day. I don't know about you that, if it blesses you, but it blesses me. And then from that moment on, the work of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is going to move me on into what I am called to do and what I am led to do. I just I, Not only are we commanded to do it, not only were all three of them present at the baptism of Jesus, but we are called, it is the work that they do. The Father's working, the Son does His work, the Holy Spirit does His work. And uh, guys, why do we forget about it? Let me just tell you, it can be a little funny. I, I really don't intend it to be, but it can be. Uh, a person the other day, a few weeks ago, we were talking about angels. And uh, they said, do you believe in angels? And I said, yeah. You know, I love angel stories. I, I have my own angel stories where I believe I entertained angels. Uh, but I said, you know what? I forget about them. And I, I felt bad saying that because sometimes I, f I forget about them, you know? And they, they're angels around us and, and uh, scripture says they're there and they're messengers of God and he uses them. And <clears throat> But I, I sometimes forget and we can get so wrapped up in the Father and the Son that we forget about the Holy Spirit and He's just as equal. Don't have Him a step down or two steps down. He's just as equal. And I don't want you to forget that when we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we'll connect with the Father and the Son, but the Holy Spirit got you to that moment and He will carry you on. Just remember, uh, the Father's the source, Jesus is the course, and the Holy Spirit is the force. Uh, that puts it together. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, to go on and continue our walk with the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's beautiful. Listen, let's, let's confess that we don't study or read enough about the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, let's confess that, that we can grieve and quench the movement of the Holy Spirit. And let's just ask the Lord to forgive us of that. And let's get a renewing of his spirit in our life. Let's, uh, this is one thing I love about the King James. It says the Holy Spirit quickens us. And I don't know, I'm, I'm getting ready to turn 62. I'm 61. But in just a few weeks, a couple months, I'm going to be turning 62. And uh, in that, I, I, I like the word quicken because there's not much quick about me anymore. And my point is the Holy Spirit quickens us. Isn't that a good word? Let the Holy Spirit begin to awaken us. And let's be revived. He's, he's a personal presence. He's the third person of the of the Trinity, an equal part of the Trinity, and let's learn from him. Okay, it's never too late. Let him search us and let him guide us and do the things that he does with us. The Father is, uh, he is the source, right? Jesus is the course, and the Holy Spirit is the force, and let's live in that force. Listen, thanks for being with us. Hope it's challenging you. Hope it challenges you to listen in even more, okay? And let's read our scriptures about the Holy Spirit as much as you can, find your good book on it. There's all kinds of things at your fingertips. And uh, remember that I love you, we love you, and you know what we say before we leave each other, grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them, okay? God bless you. Thanks for being with us.